1: Oh, welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. Uh, today, your host is Jabron Curtis, that is me. And on the side,
2: we have the former host, Coach Steve. And how are we doing today, Coach? What's going on, buddy? It's uh, it's a beautiful Monday here in New Jersey, so uh, I can't complain, man. It's, it's rookie talk time, so I'm excited. Well, I'm excited, too, because
1: I know jack Squad about these rookies. But um, fortunately enough for us and the guests, we did bring in another guest you guys see him on CBS you see him throughout the Twitter sphere and marie hunt how we doing today brother
3: I'm doing fine man I appreciate you guys uh, bring me on the show
2: yeah Absolutely. Uh, like I said I, I've, I've seen you guys I've seen your work personally and I was like he's a fantastic person to get on to talk rookie quarterbacks and just rookies in general so I'm excited to have you and talk with you today oh, I'm glad because I only know
1: like the top three quarterbacks or so, and I'm know we're gonna get into them and in, guess some lengthy order. But for right now, um, and Murray, if you want to tell our viewers what do you do for the fantasy community, where they can find your stuff, the floor is yours, sir. Uh,
3: well, they can follow me, you know, on Twitter at fballgameplan, uh, YouTube.com/slash footballgameplan is my channel. Uh, we have a lot of good football content there, college football, pro ball from all levels. And on CBS Sports HQ, sometimes on Sunday you'll see me contribute to fantasy football today, or you'll see me just doing regular football analysis pre- and post-game. And I'm also a big college football uh, analyst as well over there at CBS Sports HQ. In addition to what we're doing, you know, we did all last week or, I mean, a month ago almost um, at the NFL Combine. It seems like it was last week, but it was a month ago. We're out there just talking, you know, talking about interviewing players and prospects so we do I do a lot over there for CBS Sports regarding uh, football. OK,
1: well, you heard it from the man. Go follow him. Give him a subscriber on YouTube. And obviously, um, if you guys want some of our contact, you always can find it on the And then for now, we're just going to get straight into the, the business. We're going to talk some of these rookie quarterbacks and starting first is Malik Willis. As you see on the slide, 2021 stats, he had uh, 207 completions on 339 attempts for about 2,857 yards, 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He also did some work on the ground, guys, 878 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns on 197 carries. Um, If you guys don't know this guy, he plays for Liberty. It's not such a big school that you're used to in the NCA, but um he has some pretty good measurables six foot tall about 219 pounds his hands is a nine and a half wingspan and then um 40 yard dash he did not choose to do it um fortunately hopefully he has better reasons than that but guys what's your um analysis on malik willis i Understood. Like coming in the beginning of this class, I heard a lot about Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett. But as this month or after the the draft combine, I've been hearing a lot more of Malik Willis. How come he's moved up the board so fast?
2: Emery, you can start on this one, my friend. Oh, I'm so. sorry, actually, asked
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, Willis is someone that has been my number one quarterback since uh, the summer. You know, if we're talking prospect, we're talking you know tools he has been the clear-cut guy. You know, someone that has upside, work-withable skill set. He's, he's, you know, blazing fast. He has a strong arm. He's mobile. Um, And he gives you that plus-one capability. So you get a guy like Malik Willis, you're adding to your run game, not only with his own legs, but because of his legs, you're going to have whoever's your starting tailback is going to have the benefit of being able to run against lighter boxes, more advantageous boxes, And so the running game is going to be dominant uh, with a guy like him just under center. So to me, he's someone that I would take in the first round. Everybody else to me is more day two. Uh, Outside of Willis, Willis graded out as my number one quarterback in my draft guide, in which people can get at footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Over a thousand individual scouting reports on a lot of players in this draft. Again, over a thousand. Uh, but he's number one, and he's, to me, the only guy that I would feel comfortable with taking in round one based off his skill set and his upside. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna jump in some hosting
2: t- questions here for you, Jib, as well. But um, mean, really, where do you think his best fit is
3: that he could probably shine the best uh, in this coming draft year? It's funny because I, I love what, uh, and I said this back in October, I want to say in response to a tweet another analyst had, talking about he's the best quarterback and he wouldn't get past, you know, pick number two, I believe, or something like that. And at the time, the I feel like the Lions still had the number one pick or he wouldn't get past so-and-so. And I said, listen, if he's that good, then he shouldn't get past the Lions because the Lions have the best setup, I thought, for Malik Willis. He doesn't have to start right away. And you look at their, their roster, it, it's tailor-made for – a guy with mobility. They have a very good offensive line. They have DeAndre Swift in the backfield. They also still have Jamal Williams in the backfield. So they got two dynamic tailbacks. You have a good offensive line. You got depth at tight end. And all you need now is someone that can add, you know, a a little bit more firepower to the offense. Plus you have the luxury of playing Jared Goff. Now you can add some receivers later on in the draft. So you get Malik Willis in, in Detroit. I think that's the most ideal fit outside of Detroit, Maybe someplace like Atlanta, now that they have Marcus Mariota, would be a very good fit where he doesn't have to play right away. This is the the guy that I would say normally I'm playing right away, but I feel like he needs a little bit more grooming. So I would say Detroit and Atlanta are the most ideal fits. And if you want to throw a wild card in there, Tennessee would be an ideal fit too. Now, his
2: overall game, who does that kind of, does anyone currently in the NFL kind of compare to him? that we could kind of look at, like, oh, we should be looking at something like this, especially for fantasy in a general
3: sense? I'd say he's a more explosive version of Jalen Hurts. They're both built about the same, both real uh, muscular built uh, guys. Both have tremendous leadership capabilities. Both have the ability to run, but Willis is faster and has a stronger arm. So he's a a little bit more of a dynamic version of Jalen Hurts, but can control the game the same way people focus on the team this year and what he did at Liberty. But last season in the 2021 or 2020 campaign, you know, they beat three ACC teams. They probably should have beaten the fourth uh, against NC state. They lost that game by one point. So they played a better schedule last year and had better results. They didn't have this as good of a team this season. So the results weren't the same, but last year, you know they were really up there in, in the top fifteen in the country and how well they played. And he kind of faltered a little bit down the stretch. But to go and beat Virginia Tech, to go and beat Syracuse, to go and beat these teams that that normally Liberty wouldn't be able to hold a candle to, it's all because Liberty uh, had the you know the special player on the field and, and Malik Willis. So to me, he is someone that has proven out there that he can lead a team, lead a franchise. Um, but he does need some grooming. So. For me, even though I have him number one, the guy I think is most ready to play year one is Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. Okay, Chips, you're, you're back, my friend. As the host. Okay, okay. <laughs> do you have anything to say on, on Malik
2: Willis? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll mention mine later when we get to the rank, when we do me and John's ranking. Because okay. We got him for only a certain amount of time here, so I want to make sure we get a... A lot of good information out of him.
1: Okay, we're going to put Henry <laughs> through the car wash then. Uh, following Leak Willis, we're going to go with uh, Matt Corral. Oh, no. No, no. Sorry. Can Kyle, it? Kyle pick pick it. It. I'm sorry. Um, stats don't lie, but he had uh, 497 attempts on 334 completions, about 4,300 yards, 42 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, a little bit of utility on his legs, 98 carries for 223 yards and 5 touchdowns. And um, some of his his height is 6'3", weighs about 217 t- pounds. His hands is 8.5, 40-yard dash is 4.73. And our coach Steve wanted to mention that he is from New Jersey. So I don't know Hello. if that does anything in your analysis
2: of um, Kyle Pickett, Emory, but give it's us some Kenny Pickett. on him. It's, my bad. It's Kenny Pickett. <laughs> it was up late doing this uh, slideshow. It's Kenny Pickett, so
3: <laughs> – Right. Yeah, Thank, you. Kenny, Thank you. I've seen a lot of Kenny Pickett, man. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting because it's the games I saw him live. They always fall on a Thursday night. And I'm always able to get out to that that Pitt North Carolina game. And so I've seen him over the years. That's why I always found this conversation surrounding Kenny Pickett fascinating, as if, you know, he's been playing like he played this year, his entire career. I think he's a, a solid quarterback. Not someone that I would say is a franchise-changing quarterback. Um, He's more of a third, fourth-round type talent. So he can be, to me, an upgrade to someone's QB, too. So you look around the NFL and you see how terrible a lot of the backup quarterback situations are. Uh, And now, especially with, I don't know if we're going to have the same things that we've had the last two years with COVID, where your backup is going to have to play at some point. And you better have someone that's that's capable of driving the bus. Kenny Pickett to me is someone that's capable of driving the bus. Uh, so I wouldn't personally take him in round one. Um, I don't know if the teams view it that way and he'll get pushed into the first round. But I just think that his talent is a bit limited in terms of uh, potential and upside. So it's what you see is what you're going to get. Your arm strength is possibly not there. Um, everything has to be quick and on time. He tends to, to, you know, struggle a little bit versus pressure. So for me, it's more of a, you know, if you if you are someone, let's say like the Giants, he probably would be a, a really good fit for you, you know, as someone that can help you to twenty twenty three to where you go higher in the draft and take someone that can be your franchise guy. Because I just kind of see him as a stable. QB2 at the next level. So we're talking like Andy Dalton. And that's why I compared him to in my draft guy. Again, there's nothing wrong with Andy Dalton, but you don't take Andy Dalton in round one. Andy Dalton didn't even go in round one. You know, and Andy Dalton was a a, a little bit better athlete than Kenny Pickett. So for me, you know, Dalton won some big games, played in some big games in, at TCU. So him going to Cincinnati where you had those trio of wideouts, you had the run game, you had a very good defense. Everything is pretty much set for an Andy Dalton to do what? Drive the bus. And I feel like that has to be for someone like a Kenny Pickett. So, again, when you look at a team later in the first round or late in the first round, that's where you probably probably should start to factor in as someone like a Pickett um, that can kind of help help a team. But I don't see him as – I see him more as a as a spot guy as opposed to a sustained success, you know, uh, quote-unquote franchise guy. All right. Uh, you definitely changed my opinion on a couple things. <laughs> Doing great,
1: Emory. But lastly, we'll get into Matt Corral. Um, unfortunately, like he had the least passing yards out of the three. He had uh, 262 completions on uh, 3,349 yards, 220 picks touchdowns five interceptions 152 carries or 614 yards 11 touchdowns some of his measurables are six foot two he's 212 pounds big hands nine and five eighths, and he didn't do the 40 yard dash either and he's suffering from a high ankle sprain that he suffered on january 1st i believe that was during one of the bowl games so um emory give us the deets on matt corral
3: at a whole mess yeah, he, he's someone that has some athleticism he can move um but he's a bit reckless when he runs so to me and the guy I compared him to is Taylor Heineke you know somebody that can you know be a a good solid player but you kind of are going to always be looking for someone else because he's he's sort of you know he, he's the reckless guy that that can't stay healthy number one um, and number two, he puts the ball far too much in harm's way for my liking. Even if you go back to the Baylor game, and, and which is the bowl game you reference, you talk about uh, one of the passes there. You know, he threw one of the worst interceptions. It was double coverage he threw it across the middle of the field. It's like there was no need to force that throw, you know. And so he's a streaky player. And if he if you're catching him in one of these hot streaks, then and by all means where well, he's throwing it, he's running really well. is is great, but do know that there's going to be another side to that that coin where, you know, he's, he's going to be making some bad reads. He's going to be putting the ball where it doesn't need to be. He's going to see it late, and he's also going to run himself into an injury. So, for me, when you don't want to – you have too much inconsistency there and too much uncertainty in whether or not this guy's going to be there for a full 17-game season, that doesn't sound like a first-round pick to me. Uh, that sounds like someone you get in round three and four – uh, that could be an upgrade to what you currently have on the roster at at QB two, and that's how I kind of viewed this entire class. To be honest, with a you know one guy that can drive the bus, one guy that can give you that potential upside of of being a first round you know franchise changing guy. Uh, but for the most part, this is a class to where depth is going to be key in getting guys that is going to be better than what the Giants rolled out there last year when Daniel Jones got hurt. And they already addressed that with Tyrod Taylor, but you got to get someone younger uh, because we know Tyrod is probably only only on a one-year situation, uh bridge guy for the next one. Uh, so you still need someone young and, and, and that you can develop. That's why I think a lot of these guys uh, in this class kind of fall in that category. Mm. Okay, okay.
1: Well, lastly, before we let you go, um, who, who's your – favorite sleeper of the class i
3: know you mentioned desmond riddler before uh, i don't want to put words in your mouth but is it him no he's not a sleeper i mean for me sleepers are, are guys that are you know not getting talked about enough or come from small schools And there's two of them you know one is cole kelly out of southeastern louisiana um and a quill glass out of alabama a and both guys played in the nfl pa bowl uh, cole kelly ended up winning the mvp um and if it wasn't for him a quill glass would have won the mvp both guys had similar numbers and Cole Kelly, to me, also uh, fits the mold of what you would look for, let's say, in a Malik Willis. He, he's you know, he's 6'7", 260, and he's all of 6'7", and 260 pounds. But what's interesting about him, he's not as fast as Malik Willis, not fast at all, but he had 29 rushing touchdowns. So he's definitely a significant threat inside the red zone. No one wants to tackle someone that's 6'7", 260, and he has a cannon for an arm. He's very much like Josh Allen in terms of he can run and he could throw a football through a keyhole with how hard he throws. The good part is, is uh, he is someone that I think, you know, would be, if you have, if you love mobile quarterbacks and you need one, um, if Buffalo wants to get uh, another version of Josh Allen behind Josh Allen and groom him, uh, maybe is you know, for a future, you know, move piece. Then he would be a good, you know, fit in Buffalo, but Aquil Glass is someone, you know, who won the Black College Player of the Year uh, two years in a row. Uh, just like Cole Kelly won the the Walter Payton Award last year, which is the FCS equivalent to the Heisman Trophy, and was a finalist this year for it, and probably should have won it this year again. So you got two guys well accomplished. Aquil Glass has all the attributes that you want from the position. He could throw the football with accuracy, touch timing he can put it anywhere he wants to on the field. He's not as mobile um as a cole kelly but throwing the football coming from the dolphins where he uh where he played at Alabama and M under Connell Maynard, who's a tremendous quarterback in in his own right uh when he played in college and also played in the arena you know football league so those two guys to me are players that will end up going on day three that that should have you know very good preseasons and give their team some optimism as, hey, we got a, a good developmental piece in the future.
1: I even know those cats. <laughs> you're, you're bringing more and more news to my ear, Emery. But um, uh, I don't know if you have any t- time left.
3: Are you good? I, I didn't know if you guys had any questions or or, or whatnot. Oh, John! Before John, what's going on? What's <laughs> Nothing. On? What's going on, guys? How are Mom, you,
2: Emery, Emery? this is John. He's off. Hey, Emery. <laughs> John, if you had any questions uh, about any of the top three guys you wanted to get uh you know through Emory's head here, I mean you wanna Yeah,
4: I would actually just love to hear your opinion on so the one thing I took away from Malik Willis, uh, and you know, to me, he's far and away the number one. This is a fantasy show, and you know, he has every tool to be a fantasy relevant quarterback at the next level extremely well. The one thing I saw on film that I didn't love was some of his decision making. Are uh, these coachable traits that you think someone can get their hands on at the next level and say, look, let's get you in the right system. Let's figure things out. Kind of like they did with, um, you know, uh, what am I saying? Baltimore. Why am I blanking? Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Thank okay. you. Similar to what they did with Lamar Jackson, where they said, look, if we give you too much decision-making and too much, but if we let you just be athletic, more athletic than everybody else, we're going to have ourselves a quarterback. So it's it's just redefining what can be done with the quarterback position. Is, is that, Am I
3: okay? Am I right with that assessment, or is that am I just wrong? Well, here's the thing with Lamar that a lot of people missed on. This is why people missed on Lamar Jackson. He came out of pro style offense at you know at, at Louisville. He, he ran that Earhart Perkins offense uh, under Bobby Petrino. And where else people miss is that you know when you look at Petrino, we never got to see what Petrino would have looked like with Michael Vick because Vick went to jail that year, and that's why Petrino quit. That's the only reason why he left college to go coach Michael Vick. Here's what it would have looked like with, you know, Michael Vick and Bobby Petrino. It would have looked like what we saw at Louisville with Lamar Jackson. And so Jackson actually came in and Baltimore had to adjust thinking that he was only a one dimensional player when he really was what we've seen so far in the NFL. And and so he's completely different to me than, than uh, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, is on that is a little bit on that uh, Jalen hurts spectrum, you know, like earlier in the show, I compared him to a more explosive version of Jalen hurts where well, we saw Jalen hurts progress every year as a passer, because, you know, once he got benched at Alabama, he had to really recharge his batteries and, and, and reassess how he was going about his business. Cause keep in mind as a freshman, as a true freshman, he got Alabama to the national championship. You know, and it was on the strength of him running the football, taking a few timely shots down the field. Um, And then the next year they get to the playoffs and they, you know, he gets to the title game They had to bench him for Tua. He didn't transfer. He stayed, retooled his game. It was getting, you know, sparse minutes throughout the season. And then they needed him again in the SEC title game. And where you saw the work that he put in all year come to fruition where he had to beat Georgia with his arm. So with, with Malik Willis, just like we saw in 2020 uh, with a, a harder schedule, they were beating Virginia Tech. They were beating Syracuse. They should have beaten NC State. They, they got off to a great start in that pandemic year. And that was just his first season of playing college football. This year, the team wasn't as good. He had to really reassess and read, readjust. So he's, he's trending in that Jalen Hurts direction. So I feel like if you go to a team and I mentioned earlier, like Detroit or Atlanta, where he can continue the grooming process and then hit the field, he gives you the leadership. He gives you the plus one ability as a runner. He gives you the A-plus arm to really work touchdown to check down in the passing game. His deep ball accuracy, in my opinion, is better than where Jalen Hurts was coming out of college. So I think Malik Willis, to me, is, you know, the the clear-cut prospect in the in a, in a class. And if you are a team that have – you know, that has a veteran right now that is basically a one-year lame duck quarterback, i.e. a Jared Goff, i.e. a Marcus Mariota, i.e. whatever they're doing in Tennessee with Tannehill, you know, you can roll with a Malik Willis and then you can just let him just just run because not only he helps you out, but whoever's going to be, you know, dotting an eye in the backfield is going to... If you have Malik Willis paired with DeAndre Swift or, you know, a Derrick Henry... Those guys going to easily crush over 2,000 yards rushing, um, let alone whatever Malik Willis is going to get on the ground too. Uh, so I, I, I wish he goes to a situation where he doesn't have to play this year uh, because that's how I think he can be his best uh, version of himself as a pro player.
4: Cool. Okay. That was all really, really the only question I had because I, I, I think <laughs> – the rest of these quarterbacks, because it's funny, and, and you know we'll get into it more, but the rest of these quarterbacks, and Emory hit it on the head, they're, they profile more to me as strong backup guys. None of these guys really, I look like, I, I watched and I said, yep, they, they could take that next step and be a huge player in the NFL. The, you know, Matt Corral, good guy, he's probably going to be a good quarterback. He'll, he could spot start if you need him, but I don't think any team is going to fall in love with Matt Corral and say, let's build a franchise around this guy. That's just... And the only one to me that had that potential, it was Malik Willis. Was the only one that I saw, and I said I could see a team really falling in love with this guy and saying, "Let's try and build something around him."
3: So, yeah, one of the, one of the places that people tend to, to force quarterbacks uh, in the draft class, I think, is uh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But Pittsburgh, if you look at what Pittsburgh's done, um, and maybe they still draft the quarterback or whatnot, but whatever. But if you look at what they what they did. They signed Mr. Trubisky to basically a, a you know a QB2 type deal. They already had Mason Rudolph on the roster. And they tendered Dwayne Haskins, who is 23, 24 maybe, still hasn't started a full season. I think he may be turning 24, just turned 24. Still hasn't started a full season yet as a pro. They tendered him his original round tender. So if someone wanted Dwayne Haskins, they would have to have given the Steelers, a first-round pick. You don't do that for someone that you have no plan for. And if we're talking talent, Haskins is already better than Trubisky and Rudolph. So I think this is a situation where Haskins will beat out both Rudolph and Trubisky, and they will let go Rudolph and draft someone later in the draft um, to be their QB three or developmental guy. So I don't think Pittsburgh takes someone. And I know a lot of people have forced, you know, Malik Willis to a Pittsburgh. This doesn't seem like the aggressive move Pittsburgh is going to do to jump all the way up to get someone uh, when they still have 10. I mean, the Haskins, again, is he's been in the system for a year. They spoke highly of him at the combine of what he was able to do within the walls of that organization last year. And if we're keeping it 100, he beat out Mason Rudolph last year in the preseason and outplayed him. But they didn't want to throw him out there because they didn't have to. There was no reason to throw him out there. So just continue to work on him being a pro. I think he's probably one of the more uh, you know, non-talked-about pieces of this whole quarterback situation than anybody. Because as much as you know, people want to make him a punchline, there's no den- denying the talent that he had coming out of Ohio State and going into that situation. And we know Pittsburgh tends to let guys develop and play. I don't see Pittsburgh taking a quarterback. So for me, it's 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 about which team in the top 10 is going to either quote unquote reach or how far does a quarterback fall? Because I don't see I, I and I know you're going to get three quarterbacks probably going in the first round, but I have a hard time seeing three to four. First round worthy quarterbacks. It will be just yeah. 2012 yeah. all over again or 2013, <laughs> where you get your or eleven maybe where you get your your Christian ponders and those guys going the first round, where it's clearly that they weren't first round picks. Yeah. That's uh I remember that year. That was a, <laughs> a holy smokes. Yeah, that, that was very that
4: was Cam Newton year, correct? I think that was Cam Newton year. And then and then everyone else just got propped up on the Cam Newton hype oh, man. and and then teams just went crazy. Yeah.
3: Tannehill, not Tannehill, uh Gabbard and Lockett. Glenn Gabbard, Lockett, Locker.
4: Locker. Yeah. 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 A whole Locker. bunch of average.
3: <laughs> A
4: whole bunch of average in that class, other than other than Superman Cam. Oh Lord.
1: Well, that's definitely an interesting um take you had there, Emory. Like, because everywhere I see on Twitter, or on news sites, whatnot, wherever, you always see, oh, Pittsburgh, Malik Willis, Pittsburgh, Malik Willis, but like I didn't think that they were that, like, in love with Dwayne Haskins, but you being, like, an insider of, in a way, like, you have uh, some some information I didn't know about, and I'm kind of glad that they believe in Dwayne Haskins, and hopefully he gets his shot, and we'll see the man do well.
3: Now, all this could change. If they draft a the quarterback in the first round, obviously that's, that's different, mm-hmm. but, it, you know, I just don't see them – even if they – let's say they take Kenny Pickett. He's better than Kenny Pickett. And if it's a true open competition, it, it'll look like, you know, Dwayne Haskins should be the starter over Pickett, Gabbard, not Gabbert, but uh, Trubisky and, and Rudolph. Like, Yeah.
2: I think teams are going to get scared about taking these yeah, quarterbacks sure. because now they're liable for five
4: years or whatever they're going to have to do. So, yeah. But then it's interesting. You got some teams that sort of painted themselves into a corner, you know, like Carolina, who you think to yourself, like, they almost have to take a quarterback, which it's like, do you want to at that point? And it's like, I don't know. But if you're Carolina, you got heads will roll if you guys have another crap season. And so, you know, it's 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 interesting. I think I think there will be a a team that goes aggressive after a quarterback. I just don't. And to me, that quarterback is Malik Willis, because I just think that he has the most tools around him. Um, but I think that there's a team that falls in love and
3: takes a guy in the top 10. I I, I just do. Yeah, Carolina, Detroit, um, Atlanta mm-hmm. would be the teams that I would think would be on Willis' watch. You Willis' know? mm-hmm. uh, watch. I like that. Because Carolina, to be honest, if you look at their roster, they just need a quarterback, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, they need someone that can – and again, maybe someone like a Desmond Ritter in the, at the top of round two would be good for Carolina. Um, that someone that has played a lot of games, played some winning football – Um, Played some playoff games uh, You know played some championship games Maybe he would be the ideal fit for them But not at number six Um, You know but Do you trust Whoever they take do you trust This staff to really work With that quarterback and because this is The same staff that told People that Sam Darnold was better than Teddy Bridgewater And We knew that wasn't the case Like we knew there was going to be a you know, a drop off from Bridgewater, who was injured that year, to Sam Darnold. And that's what it exactly was.
1: Mm-mm-mm. High stakes, April 28th. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, <laughs> man. Oh Lord. Well. Wow. That was excellent um, analysis, Emery. Uh, I don't know if you have to run now. I tried to get you off the podcast like 20 minutes before a little <laughs> preemptively, but <laughs> is there anything else you want to say before you uh, leave us uh, to for today? I
3: appreciate you guys having me on. And, you know, again, you can go and order the draft guide at footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide over a thousand individual scouting reports. It's the largest draft guide in history. So you talk about three quarterbacks here. We grade 70 quarterbacks in the draft guide, 120 something running backs, 150 wide receivers. Oh, so we we go deep in that that draft guide, the largest draft guide in existence ever. No one awesome. has a thousand individual scouting reports. Footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide.
2: Yeah, so check it out, guys, for sure. And Emory, um, thanks so so much for joining. This was uh, this was great, a lot of great insight. Uh, definitely. Definitely loved having you on. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, boys. Just the three of us now.
4: We are the three best friends that anyone uh, I'm just writing my notes.
2: are <laughs> <I'm> just taking advantage <laughs> the advice right now during the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should have been. We're not over yet, guys. If you hear us just bullshitting right now, we're not done yet. Oh, no, yeah, we got to so get fun. serious. I'm sorry yeah emory was emory had a short time frame we had to get him in, and then we wanted to have him talk and whatnot and i want to get oh i'm sorry i'm not the host jibs yeah get out get <laughs> out of here
1: so uh guys i know it's a little mumble jumble but we're gonna get into our news segment halfway through the fantasy podcast and um i'm gonna bring to you andy dalton signs a one-year deal with the new orleans saints um how do you guys feel about that short and sweet
2: No more Taysom Hill finally,
4: thank gosh. Yeah, good backup. I think it what what it does to me is it sort of uh just solidifies that I think the Saints are okay with Jameis Winston. And they're they're gonna just roll with Jameis and Dalton's gonna back him up and maybe push him in camp a little. But yeah, it's a standard pro signing.
1: All right. Well, ESPN, Yahoo, make sure Taysom Hill's a goddamn tight end next year. We don't want no freaking quarterback. Yeah, seriously going. Uh So the NFL changed the playoff rules. This is like the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen rule now. Each team gets an overtime possession now. So that's pretty good. Uh, I wish that game in the AFC divisional game went like neck-to-neck, four more possessions. Weird news, Bruce Arians retires from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He didn't retire. He moved into the front office. He retired from coaching. Okay, retires from coaching. Todd Bowles is a new head coach. In conjunction with that, Gio Bernard resigns re-signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Over just
4: the like nothing, just just like last year, no no impact. Yeah, no impact. Good, good luck, maybe, guy. Great mustache.
1: Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get that. a little bit more run without uh, a couple <laughs> more heads in the running back yeah. room. I believe on Friday or Saturday morning, Devontae Parker was traded to the New England Patriots
2: for a fifth round pick, off the mm-hmm. top of my head. Yeah, it was for a third round. It was third. third round pick for a third round pick next year. Yeah, well, they got
1: themselves a playmaker, and I guess there's more room for waddle the waddle on down in uh, Miami. And then this came in, I think, a little bit after three o'clock or so. But the Eagles and Saints made a trade. The Eagles get trade alert. They traded the 16th pick, the 19th pick, and the 194th pick in 2022 for the Saints' 18th pick in 2022, 101st, 237th, a 2023 first round, and a 2024 fourth round. Me, I wish they kind of kept the picks and stockpiled, but I've been loving, like, they kind of, kind of, they need to, like, mirror what the Giants are doing, because the Giants keep getting more and more draft capital and like our team's not ready to win yet. So the more capital we get, the more players and hopefully Howie Roseman could pick the right freaking guy. But guys, how do you feel about this?
2: Um, It basically tells me personally that the Eagles aren't looking to get a quarterback in this draft class and the saints are looking to make a big impact, which I don't believe at quarterback, but either on the defense or on the offensive side of the ball right now.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a smart trade for the Eagles. They're just, Collecting future assets, they're gonna roll with Jalen Hurts and say, look, what we got's what we got. Um, and they're just amassing more picks in the future. I think it's a it's a good trade. They they didn't move down that much. Um, they moved down, moved actually up one pick in the first and then got an extra. I don't think the Saints are gonna be great next year. So that 2023 first could be higher than a top 19 pick. So I think it was a good good trade. Lovely. I'm in the green skies, (laughs) 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 but
1: um, we're going to get back into the QB talk, guys. Uh, We just went over Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and we went over Matt Corral. But the fourth quarterback that we're going to talk about is Desmond Riddler. He had uh, 251 completions for 3,334 yards, 30 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He ran for 110 times for 355 yards and six touchdowns. Career best in the senior season in terms of a passer, fewest rushing yards in four years. So some of his measurable guys, he's six foot three, two 211 pounds, huge hands, 10-inch, and he has a 40-yard dash of 4.52, guys. So John since mm-hmm. I know you've been dying for some mic time.
3: I'm going to get you this question
1: <laughs> first. So tell me a little bit, something on Desmond Riddler. What do you like about him? One thing you like, one thing you don't like
4: about him. So, so one thing I do like about him is I like that his outside throws, the way he can throw outside the numbers is very a, a pro style throw. And that's what I look for. Cause th- that's what you're going to be asked to do at the next level. He can do that really well. So, um, and, and he can command an offense and command a pocket really well. You know, he can kind of shift with the, he's mobile, but not, running mobile in terms of he can move around behind the the line of scrimmage and so i think he can extend plays with his legs i think he can make those throws outside the numbers i think those are things that you look for in a pro things i don't like you know i don't like some of his um decisions to run with the ball when he is you know he hangs on to it a little too much i think you should if you're not gonna make a completion throw it away because in the NFL you're going to get those are going to turn into sacks. Those aren't going to be let me dance around behind the line and get to the sideline real quick. Aaron Donald's going to rip you to the ground. So uh, that's the only question I have with him. But other than that, I think he's he's probably higher up pro boards than we want to admit. Jim, you're on mute, my friend.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not. You're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> no but uh steve give me one thing you like about him and one thing you don't like about him and then we'll yeah, get into I mean, your rankings
4: yeah i
2: mean no i think we have one more quarterback to talk to after this i think but um uh, just kind of like john said honestly i think he has the the make to be a good nfl quarterback honestly i i i think he can make all these throws he's able to throw on the run he's mobile enough like john said to escape from the pocket when he needs to and he, again he made he was good through his college career. That's what I like to see. He was good through his college career and he made a bigger jump his senior year as a passer and became less of a mobile quarterback where it's just run, run, run. It's he actually threw the ball more. And you could see that in the in the PowerPoint if you're on you know YouTube or whatever. But again, his there's things that he needs coaching on decision making, you know, his ability to handle pressure situations, uh, his ball placement at times can be a little shaky. Uh, So those things are coachable, I think, personally, where I think if he gets into the right situation, he has a real good chance to succeed. I think if outside of Willis, he might have the biggest upside. It's just that he has these negatives that kind of bring him down. If he's coached right, if he's put into the right system, uh, Ritter could be a really good fantasy asset or just NFL quarterback uh, in this league. Okay, speaking of the right system, do you
1: have a specific destination in mind that you would think that he'll have
2: the best chance of succeeding in? Uh, I mean, I do I love him in Pittsburgh still. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh will take him at the 20th pick overall, personally. Uh, but I, I did like him in Pittsburgh. I mean, the likely option that Detroit takes him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, that seems like a lo- a logical destination if they don't want to make that reach from Willis. They get a similar quarterback with less mobility, uh, but I think he can make just as many throws as a guy like Willis can. So that those are the, probably the best options. Not the best options, but the
4: likely options. John, do you have anything in particular? I would love to see him in seattle um you know i I think seattle still has some weapons i think seattle is the problem is seattle's front office and as an organization they've made it very clear that they're planning towards the future future not this year future so i don't even think that they're in the market to to you know take a quarterback and think that they're going to keep pieces around i think they're more they're going to peel more pieces away if anything but If the, as the rosters are constituted, I would love to see him drop in there with uh, DK and Rashad Penny and Tyler Lockett and, and have some, you know, I think he's got some real upside.
1: Oh I think I need to watch more college sports because when he brought up De- Desmond Riddler, I was like, "What? <laughs> like <laughs> this guy's real?" But he's, that, he's I, I think Seattle would be an interesting point. Like at least, like given Emery's analysis and what you and Steve said, like the guy has the, I guess, untangibles that we all like for a quarterback to have. It just needs he just needs some grooming, and obviously, I know like Seattle isn't any. Place he ain't going anywhere fast, so mm-hmm. I think he could be groomed in Seattle like that pick as a destination. And then Steve, obviously, like I've been on Pittsburgh as well, but I'd rather see him go to like Tennessee or something because that does definitely give him a window and sit behind Tannehill. I don't know if he's gonna learn much or any good things from Tannehill, <laughs> but at least, it's a, at least it's a destination. Though.
2: I think Rither is either gonna be a First round pick by the Lions because so they're going to get that fifth year option or they're going or he's going to fall in the draft, unfortunately. Hmm. And it's not his talent. I think it's just the way this quarterback class that Emory said when he was on that people are just not found at this class year class right now. And if they don't take if three quarterbacks to go in the first round, it's going to be like that 2013 class where uh, EJ Manuel went at the 15th pick and then everyone was a second or third round pick. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's done to either. It's either
1: going to be like the Christian
2: Ponder class, or it's going to be
1: the EG Manual class. That's what we're going to get. All right. So, yeah. Well, enough with Desmond. We're going to go on to Mr. UNC boy. I'm guess he's happy with his team's uh, Final Four win play. on Saturday night. But Money Sam Howe, two hundred seventeen completions, three hundred forty seven attempts for three thousand. 56 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 183 carries for 828 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Although it was his worst passing season in three years, it was a major surprise to his rushing ability. Uh, the man was six foot one. He had he was 218 pounds, nine and one eighth handspan, and these, man, these quarterbacks
2: don't want to run the 40-yard dash, man. These guys. I've uh, looked everywhere for the 40s. I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> none, of them, none of them ran at the combine, basically. They probably just too slow. But
1: uh, all right, Steve, I'm going to start you off with Sam Howell. It um, uh, doesn't really have anything that glaringly pops off the screen. But why would Sam Howell be in, uh, I guess, the fifth spot? And like dynasty minds or fantasy minds. spot, man. He's my number one quarterback in
2: this draft class. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, okay. Yeah, so, why here. is he number one for you? Please so tell the us. The way I see it is, I feel like because of the season he had this year, people are just turned off by Sam Howell as, as an actual quarterback. And again, this draft class is already, in general, it's just not a great class anyway. But. The way I see Sam Howell is that he's a, he's got some mobility to his game. He absolutely, you know, he was like a guy who was like maybe 200 rushing yards at most over his first three seasons, two seasons. And then this year he popped off for like 800 yards. And the reason was, I think, because he lost all his weapons last year. I mean, you lose Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Des Newsom, Diami Brown. Like he lost basically his whole starting, he basically lost his four top uh, receiving uh, targets last season. And now it's not it's college. You know, you're getting these young guys coming. It's not the NFL where you just pay people to come and play running back and wide receiver. It's young guys that need to groom and get better. So the way his season went, it it looked bad. I mean, 24 touchdowns, nine interception. His first season, he he threw 34 touchdowns his his rookie year. And he threw 30 his sophomore year uh, with talent around him. And I think he might not be a quarterback that can do it on his own. But I feel like if he's put in the right situation, he could be the best quarterback in this class here. He's got decision-making issues. He's got, you know, issues against pressure, which most quarterbacks do. uh, But he's got an underrated arm to me personally. And I I think his accuracy, and I love accuracy in quarterback. If you haven't heard me talk about accuracy in young quarterbacks, I love it. He's a very accurate quarterback. And I think that if he's put in the right situation, he could end up being the best quarterback in this class, where right now I think a lot of people have him as a third, fourth, maybe even fifth, like you even said, Jibs, uh, in this draft ranking.
1: That's quite surprising that you have them, number one, especially. I, I know, like, given the fact that you lost some talent around them, mm-hmm. and UNC isn't going to be getting these five-star recruits like
2: Alabama and the SEC gets. But it, the ACC helps, was um, If it helps, if I'm looking at a fantasy aspect, Malik Willis has a better fantasy Value than Howell does, but if, in terms of an NFL prospect, I think Howell is is better than Malik Willis. That's that's the only thing.
1: Okay, because I was just gonna say, like the ACC was incredibly weak last year. You have seen like Clemson like uh give up some of their dominance to Georgia. I mean Wake Forest and Georgia Tech and some of the other like non thought of ACC teams. So like that's why I kind of find it surprising, but. Everyone has is entitled to your opinion. Like I didn't believe you last year when you were talking Zach Wilson so much, and you kind of show you showed me something, Steve. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna put a dollar in for your thought right there, John. Buddy, mm-hmm. yeah, I know he ain't
4: number one for you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no. He is not. Uh, Sam Howell to me is a is a. The reason why I don't like Sam Howell is one of the things that Coach Steve brought up, which is he can't elevate the people around him. He needs talent around him. He needs to be in a great situation, which as a prospect, I don't want to see that because we all know you're pro- you're not going to be in a perfect situation in the NFL ever. It's just, you know, it's rare. I think, you know, what makes guys like Joe Burrow so great is he can elevate the people around him. What makes guys, you know, like... Some of these great quarterbacks, these Justin Herberts, these Josh Allens, they can elevate their game and elevate the people around them. I don't think Sam Howell can do that. I think Sam Howell is good. I think he can run an offense. I think he could step in and certainly fill a gap. But, you know, I think when you're drafting a guy, especially if you're going to you know put your eggs in that basket, you got to say to yourself, is he going to move the needle for my franchise? That's what you have to ask. And I just don't think Sam Howell moves the needle for a franchise any which way. I think he's just fine. You know, he's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's he's a good quarterback. He'll he'll he can run a team and he can perform at a pro level and do what you need to do. And if he's in a good situation, he's got great people around him. He can distribute the ball. But I want if I'm a GM and I'm running a team, I want a guy who's going to be, make a difference. Whether he's raw and toolsy like a Malik Willis, if he does pan out, that changes my franchise. Sam Howell, to me, is is good, but he's not going to change my franchise. It's a average Joe. He's just good. He's a good quarterback. And that's the problem. This whole class – and we're and we've been blinded as dynasty players over the past two, three years because we've had such an influx of great – quarterbacks that have come in we haven't had a, a, a real bust year in a while I think this could be that year where we're like oh this just isn't a great year for quarterbacks it's just not and and so say La vie you know there isn't that you know there isn't that Kyler Murray at the top of the class and there isn't you know the depth that we've seen before where like last year where we saw five guys go in the top 20 it, it, there's just no depth like that so I think this is just going to be a lot of you know Day two guys, day three guys, and it, you know it sucks because we want to sit here and project upside for fantasy. I want to sit here and have a show where I'm like, "Yeah, Sam Howell's going to light the world on fire." I would, <laughs> I would love, I would love to have that show. I just don't think I think Sam Howell is going to be a very serviceable backup.
2: I think people need to understand especially in a, in a fantasy aspect of these things is that if you're trying to rebuild your say super flex league right now with quarterbacks this isn't the class to do it
0: <laughs> <My clears>
2: throat> throat> and first round picks for justin Fields, zach wilson trey lance is probably too much um maybe lawrence people are down on him i'd rather trade a first round pick for any one of those quarterbacks than stick around and hope the best for malik willis or you know Howell or any of these quarterbacks honestly
4: yeah yeah i mean you're getting so to me if you like sam howell if it for for fantasy if like your idea is oh let me draft sam howell in the back of the first round go trade a second round pick for mac jones and just and just start mac jones and you can use your first for you know George Pickens and and do it that way. You don't have to, you know what I'm saying. Like that's kind of my vibe with with Sam Howell, Matt Corral. A lot of these guys is just, you know, they're good, but they're not they're not difference makers.
1: I feel you. I definitely feel you guys. Um, <laughs> but um, besides these five quarterbacks, there's any other quarterback in this year's draft class that you want to give some light on?
2: Go to our rankings, my guy. Go to your rankings.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're
2: on here. That should be the next slide.
1: Yeah, too bad the numbers out of order, buddy.
4: <laughs> um, okay. I would say Carson Strong. I like Carson Strong a lot. The, the when I watch Carson Strong, what he does well um, is he's got it's it, you know in his name, he's got a missile for an arm. He can he can throw the ball through the roof. So. You know, he's a toolsy guy with a good arm that, you know, kind of reminds me of like a Zach Wilson can make all those throws on the run, can do all that different stuff. He's, he's, he's just, you know, where I, where I think he falls short in terms of fantasy is his outside of the pocket imaginative. He's just not really, it's just doesn't, he doesn't have it. But if the throw is there, if his first or second read is there, he can throw it on a dime and he can throw it 60 yards on a frozen rope. So I like Carson Strong a lot. Now, he's my, I guess, my, I'll air quoted as a sleeper, but uh, he's the one guy that we didn't talk about, but I, I think is is worth being talked about.
2: Coach yeah. Steve, who do you got for me? Yeah, I mean, Carson Strong, he's probably one of the strongest arms in the class. He just, his mobility is like an 85-year-old man, really. <laughs> <laughs> but he does have the passing abilities that some of these quarterbacks actually might, above him might not actually have, Um I do like Jake Cohn from uh, North, uh, Notre Dame. He was someone that I, I really liked. I feel like he presented really good, you know, leadership qualities, there, ability to throw the deep ball, uh, just an overall, you know, decent quarterback. That if he got a backup job somewhere and he had a start, he'd be okay. You know, he's got some accuracy issues, but um, he was somebody that I thought in the late rounds could be worthy of a pick. Uh, Bailey Zappa, he kind of runs a kind of like a mobility quarterback. To some extent, uh but again, he wasn't anyone that was insane. And again, most of this class after even five was is it, it's, it's pretty bad to look at, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: well,
1: yeah. well, I'm sure we'll have a lot of discussion when we get to the running
2: backs, wide receivers, probably um, not tight yeah, ends. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> they're they're are much more fun to talk about. That's for sure. Yeah, 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 So yeah. much more fun. <laughs> this is yeah. the class we go for the wide receiver. The wide receiver class. Podcast will be fantastic. It's
4: just a we're we're in the mix of just an influx of great wide receivers over the past couple years, and it's another class of it of just awesomeness. It's so fun, yeah, and is as great as it's been. It's it looks like another fun class, which is which is so cool. And I'll tell you
2: pretty Ah. early right now, where we go, Jibs. Uh, The RVs, depending on what John does, I don't have a John's rankings yet, but. the top seems to be pretty consistent. And then after four, it gets a little wild. So, oh, uh, love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> you're going to get a lot of different running back takes from us. Hopefully, we can fit it in in the hour. You know, we'll do our best. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting next week for sure.
1: All right. One question for, let me read this right for John. Why do you like Matt
4: Corral so much? Um, I like Matt Corral. Why do I like Matt Corral? Um, I like so. I what I liked about him on film was I liked that he could make the throws that you want to see a pro, like I said, outside the numbers. You want to see a, a pro make these throws. I, I think he can run an offense, he can handle himself well in the pocket, he can move and manipulate a pocket well without having to give it up. So you know, those are things that I look for. What he doesn't do well, he he makes bad decisions in, in the middle of the field, and in the middle of the field is where you throw your picks. And so, I think he he could be a turnover machine at the next level, which is scary. But if things go well for Matt Corral, I think that they can they could go well. Well, he's just again to me he has more upside than a Sam Howell. I, Sam Howell is probably a better prospect, less you know, less holes in his game, but it's like, I, I don't, I don't want, you know, I don't need, I don't need like average. I want, if I want someone, I want someone who I think is going to be great. And I think Matt Corral has a little bit more greatness to him.
1: Okay. Well, that's an honest opinion and you're, you're entitled to it. So
4: yeah. And these quarterbacks, and by the way, we, <laughs> I I've, I've I know people who work in the Patriots front office and nobody knows sh- anything about these quarterbacks. There's, there is a lot, there is a lot of people who experts in the field that I talk to that are like, yeah, I have one person will tell me one thing about Kenny Pickett. And then I'll have a completely different opinion from someone else. And it's just like, it's, this class is really hard to gauge. Everyone sort of thinks Malik Willis is the guy. And then everyone else's numbers after that are, are all opinion based on what you like in a prospect. And that's, what's also fun. It's also what makes for good conversation. That's, that's true. Yeah. But I know people who, you know, I talk to, I, I talk to people who have Desmond Ritter at two and, and think Desmond Ritter is, you know, sort of the guy and, and could be, you know, getting slept on and, and could be a top 20 pick and could be the guy that goes to Pittsburgh. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, I mean, it, we, it's, this class is just so strange. This class is last year. I feel like we kind of knew who, the top three i mean it started getting iffy after Lance, but we knew who the top five guys were we all knew they were probably going to be first round picks it's like we don't know anything about these guys one could be in the first round five could be in the first round you know it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy that's that's the best way to put
2: this class to be honest here for sure <laughs> well
1: a nice little synopsis guys for this uh episode is trust in your heart you'll get Grab Malik Willis in your dynasty draft, super yeah. drafts, super flex drafts. Everyone else, you better just hold and wait. Don't be grabbing it just because it's a red QB in the sleeper app. Just hold on, make better moves that you could kind of give your whole roster some flexibility as the years progress.
4: Right. For sure. And 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 if what you're looking for is just a starter quality, my my point is a lot of these guys after Malik Willis – are just starter quality guys. And if that's what you're looking for 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 fantasy purposes, go trade for Kirk Cousins. You don't have to give up anything. And you can get Kirk Cousins on your team. <laughs> and, and you don't have to give up, you know, much for a rookie pick or anything, if anything. So that's my been my sort of attitude towards these guys. Is like I'd rather have Mac Jones, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins, I'd rather have Derek Carr, I'd rather have some of these and you could get trade nothing for these pieces and get them. And they got a job currently and they have a job currently in a a good scenario, in a good situation. And, you know, they're going to play well. It's like, you know, that's that's how I feel about this class. If that if that says anything.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up just for the uh, listeners out there who don't have the slides. uh, Coach Steve's top 10 is Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ryder. Riddler, Matt Corral number five, Carson Strong number six, Bailey Zappe number seven, Jack Cone number eight, Derick King number nine, and Brock Poody number ten. Coach John's top seven is Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Desmond Riddler, Carson Strong, and Caleb Ellaby. Mm-hmm. All righty, all righty, and that's gonna end episode one hundred ninety eight of the Ooh. rookie. Almost, there. It's almost episode 200 that's going to be about three weeks and um hopefully i'm on the island drinking some pina coladas but <laughs> probably not <laughs> but besides that guys a great episode as always you can follow us at www.thefancycoaches.com where you can find our articles rankings videos podcasts and much more on the website Coach Steve is always working around the clock Trying to figure out new things New information Anything to get more viewers So you have a friend You tell them to go to www.thefantasycoaches.com If you have a YouTube account Same thing, Coaches Fantasy Get the subscribers up John Where can they find you on social media?
4: At FTLS underscore J Bats Uh, You can catch me every Monday On Fantasy Coaches, baby So
2: you
1: heard.
4: Um, you heard,
2: Coach Steve. How? Yeah. Where they can find you at, brother? Yeah, bro. I mean, always you know on Twitter, Coach Steve and P guys. I'm always there helping out, giving fantasy advice as much as I can, guys. So I'm I'm doing a whole bunch of things more than I need to for many little. I uh, get paid for it, so. Uh, Check
1: me out, guys. Oh, man. Coach Steve, we need to get you a coffee or get you back in this hosting gig. You have no energy, brother. No energy. (laughs)
2: I'm I'm just chilling now.
1: I don't have to be all perky, man. I'm just chilling. There you go. There you go. Um, You can find me at Hot Take Honcho. I don't use Twitter, so I just not regulate the fancy Twitter sphere. So um, great episode, boys. I don't know not to end it, Steve, so you have to do that. I got it.
2: Right. <laughs> and we are done.
0: The back is not far fat, we got a couple of clock hands, I've been feeling super duper, how the heck they know the future, come with me, don't be a loser, grass is green like pooper scoopers, clueless analysts don't do the half of this, in fact I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act, internet sh- like boom, running like zoom, the highest and mightiest has entered the room, high off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. all players covered, it's nuts, it's legumes, opponents are doomed, and these are the facts, I keep it 100 like I'm running track, I
3: listen up, I'ma head back, back to the blowing up blowing up blowing that go.